learned that you do get what you paid for in podcast software. We had some major issues in the beginning trying to be cheap. Welcome to What in the Wedding, a wedding planning podcast where we help you expect the expected. That's right. We said expect the expected because while you probably don't have a lot of experience in weddings, we do. So sit back, relax, and let's do a chat all things weddings. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. Today in What in the Wedding, we're going to talk news stories, news stories, wedding wins and whoops, and pricing. Pricing. Oh, hot topic. It's an extremely hot topic. Nobody loves to talk about the money. It's a fair topic, too, because money rules the world. It really does, even though we don't want it to. (laughs) All right. News stories. Did you hear about the color of the year? I have it, so I'm excited to hear this one. I feel okay. like I know what it is, but I'm going to let you tell okay. me the news story. So according to foxnews.com, uh, the wedding color of the year is announced for 2024. See the hue that brides are expected to choose. And this comes from Minted and Brides who collaborated to pick the most popular wedding color. What do you think it is? So it's very muted tone still right now. I'm going to go with sage. It's blue. And it's Marseille blue, M-A-R-S-E-I-L-L-E. I I probably should have researched how to pronounce that. that. So if you you type in M-A-R-S-E-I-L-L-E, blue. I guess it's blue. Blue. B-L-E-U. Okay. So is this a marketing thing? Because yeah, I'm like mm, dusty. I'm so this is side. this is not a dusty blue. This is more of like a a bold blue. Yeah, it really is a bold blue. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So it's definitely French because when I typed it up, yeah, it's like a bold blue. It really is. It's like a bold light blue. I don't agree with this. No, I don't agree with this either. I'm I think this is marketing. Blue. Oh, I had a lot of blue last year. If anything, I would say it was last year. It was more like a dusty, like you said, like a muted. Yes. Everything last year was dusty. Yes. I would be very shocked. None, like I can tell you for a fact, because I plan on this all my 2024 weddings, nobody's doing blue. Okay. I'm going to. Except for navy blue. I have one navy blue. Well, navy's been popular. And it's going to, it's a staple color. And really, I don't feel like that's a blue. I feel like staple. Yes, that's, yes. A, that's a great way of putting it. It's a staple color. It's a classic color. I put circle back, end of 2024. I don't think – I think they're going to be wrong. But they said that that was the color and that was Interesting. my – Interesting. Because I'm – all my weddings, not all, but most, a lot of their tones are ivory, off-white, yes. the beige. But I think off-white and ivory are going out. I had more white, white dresses last year. For than I've had in 10 years. Yeah, I, dresses are going back to white, which you would think, oh, their linen is going that, but it's not. It's no, this very. Make some. The I know, photographer it's in me. It's happening. It makes it so hard to I know. To I match have a wedding edit. that's coming next October. And I, I haven't seen her dress yet, but I feel like she's talking about that, like going white. Mm-hmm. And her linens are beige. So Does she, like, is that intentional? Like, is that part of her color palette? It is. It's like all – it really is like that is what's happening in these palettes. It's like white and beige okay. and tan and – But something to consider is that if your dress is ivory, your veil 
needs to be ivory. Yeah, for sure. Do not wear an ivory dress with a white veil because what happens is that veil ends up looking blue. Yes. Or the dress ends up looking white. And that's only something you can understand right. if you've edited photos. I was going to say, if you're a flower, because you right. can tell. Yeah. A lot of flower girl dresses are purchased off of like popular websites, big box websites. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Yes. Um, if your dress is ivory, their dress should be ivory. If your dress is bright white, their dress should be bright white. The best way that I can describe it is the Christmas lights. You have bright blue LEDs. And if you put them on your tree next to warm white, you notice, oh, right? Sure. You're like, something yeah. is wrong. What? Like the white LEDs look blue, right? Yes. Up next to those warm lights. It's the same thing with dresses, fails. The linens aren't a big deal because it's not like I'm photographing her sitting on a table. No. And if that's the color palette and you're incorporating that everywhere, like I had a wedding that had champagne dresses that were bridesmaids dresses that were like hovering on being white. Right. Like they were real light. And that's fine because that is the aesthetic and it mixes in. But just like a random off color <laughs> dress is going to throw. But it again, really is. You're probably not going to notice as the couple. You're not. And then reception also never has lighting. It. It, it's yeah. dimmed lighting. It's up lighting. You're yeah. really – it kind of all blends right. together. And reception lighting is so different because there's so much light going on that the color consistency is really different wherever you go in a room. So It really is. It's more for formal stuff. So I'm okay with yeah. that. But something to think of. Match your whites. Yes. I'm still having a lot of mauves, like very muted, like very muted situation going on. I don't know. Wow. I have a oh my July wedding this year is ma- like it's a mauvey purpley. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going out of town for that one. Road trip. Love it. Do something fun in the car. Okay. Wedding wins and bumps. Oh, I have a wedding win this time. I'm so excited about it. I feel like I've been bringing the womp energy. I know that you know we don't focus on the the good all the time because it happens so often. The good happens so often right. that when the bad happens, we're like, oh, we notice it more. And we need to talk about it so that when stuff happens on your wedding day that goes wrong, you don't think that you're the only one that this has ever happened to. It yeah. happens. Yes. So my win, it was a few years back. I had a winter wedding at a venue that had like a hotel room attached, uh, hotel room, hotel rooms attached to it. Um, and we were just got done with rehearsal and the dad looked at me and said, the storm that was headed north of us is now headed for us. So he became very frantic. He was very nervous. And I said, my biggest suggestion would be um, is to reach out to family and friends and say, hey, just a heads up. It looks like the storm. It was like literally supposed to hit around three o'clock. They were getting married at two separate sites on the same property and they had to be driven to. And she also had a shuttle. So she had like a, it's called a trolley. So it holds like 38 people, 30 to 40 people. Was this Sarah and Brandon's wedding? It was not. Okay. I had a January wedding. wedding that this happened in. Carry on. See, January. It's a hit or miss month. <laughs> it's a hit or We've miss. Had 70 and sunny. We've had a yes. blizzard. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was I, – I could see it on her, the bride and groom's face. Like, they were very stressed. And I said, listen, this is how – I've dealt with this before. It's going to be okay. We just need to let your guests know. And we also – I went and let the front desk know of this hotel What? because guests will naturally call in. Right. To let them know what the weather weather patterns looking like as of the day before in the morning of. So, uh, their ceremony was to happen around two o'clock. The snow was supposed to start around three. 
Of course, the snow started earlier, but all went well with ceremony. A lot of the guests were able to attend that came for the ceremony. But as we know, not as many guests come to the ceremony as reception. So I would say about 60% of her guests were there. Well, then the snow was hitting hard. So they leave early? um, No. So this is interesting what my win is. So because she had a trolley shuttle service, she was nervous about her guests leaving. So the trolley shuttle is like meant to drive in snow. Right. Because that is literally it's high time of year. They do like a whole Christmas light trolley service. So they it was probably it's about 150 guests and 60% were there. So we're looking at like 75. So within like three trips, they were able to get all of her guests to the reception after the ceremony and leave their cars in the parking lot of the ceremony site. Um, which was really nice of... Wait, they had an outdoor ceremony in January? No, it was indoors. So oh, it was oh, another location. Oh, 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 okay, yep. Okay. So it's a 2,000-acre property, and they have multiple buildings. The okay. one building that they were getting married in was called the Pine Room, and it was just down from the okay, main lodge area. That makes sense. So they were able to have... Now I know the venue you're yeah. talking about. Okay, yeah. carry on. So it's literally a, like less than a five-minute drive. But it's still hills. Hills. We live in the mountains. Yes. So, so it was getting worse and worse. And come, the venue hadn't rented her that trolley to take that many guests back. It was just for the bridal party. It was not for guests yet. Oh. So uh, it was more for pictures and guests. She was like, I'm going to get the guests down there. And then it was like more like family, like bridal party and family. Right. And then she was expecting her guests driving to the ceremony would drive themselves back up. Well, that's not what happened. So the trolley had to kind of like, I had to work with the venue and they were so amazing. This was the win. And there's a win at the end too. So we were able to get all of her guests up to the reception. The venue was really sweet and let them keep their cars there. Um, And we got them all up to the reception, the 60% that were there. Um, and then bridal party headed up to the main lodge as well. And they, we had changed photos from outside oh, in yeah. the snow into in the lodge and around right. the lodge because we were nervous that they would get right. stuck down at the, vent, the it, ceremony venue. And not just that. If you have the hard snow that's big and puffy and people are like, oh, this will be beautiful. Yeah, but the snow is going to fall in between my body and your body, almost creating a wall, like a fog. Yes. Yes, and it was big and it was puffy. So yeah, it's beautiful, but it's not beautiful. You can't see your subject. Yes. And it sticks in your hair. You're wet. Like that's wet snow too. Yes. But did they have to take the people back down to their cars the next day? How did you plan that? So um naturally there were guests still trying to arrive for the reception. And so front desk of this lodge was contacting me, like, hey, we have guests stuck at the bottom of the hill. Do you know that free of charge that shuttle was supposed to stop? <gasps> After bridal party pictures, they were still shuttling guests up there, I would say a good two hours into that. That's reception. amazing. And I know that venue and I know a lot. I don't know. I, I recognize a lot of the shuttle drivers. They're really sweet. Yeah. There was like a convenience store and then there's like a, um, like a church parking lot. So people were just parking there. And um, you know me, I'm on it. So I was like letting the store know and right. found someone that I knew that went to that church. And I was oh. like, hey, is it okay that they parked their cars there? That's amazing. Yes. And then the next day, because the trolley shuttle service was going for guests, right. took guests back to their cars that next morning and then took them down to their cars. That's an amazing feel-good wedding story because that could have been really disastrous. Disastrous. Like people could not get up the hill because it's like a really windy, steep hill. Right. It's not like to the point where you can't – and they keep it pretty well 
like salted and but it was this storm literally came and you have people that are out of town that don't know how to drive in snow correct so it could have been disaster and oh that couple was so happy like at that moment I was so excited to be a part of that venue like I was just like thank you for this amazing experience that's amazing the wedding that I was thinking of was also January and it's important to bring up because and I thought it was going to be the same story the Friday night the venue was calling me and it may have been you, but I don't remember who it was, <laughs> Probably was. Um, saying, Hey, I hope you're prepared. Did you see the forecast? Like it's going to be like two feet of snow. Yes. So I packed an overnight and it wasn't going to come till like after I would arrive Saturday, but I was like risking getting locked in. Yeah. So I packed an overnight bag. I checked with the hotel to make sure they had plenty of like rooms. I didn't end up booking one. Um, but they said like, unless we have some like 200, you know, we've got plenty of rooms open. Um, but the reason it, it's important to mention this is that by Saturday morning, the weather flipped and it was warm and it just rained all day long. We never got a snowflake. I was going to say, I remember their Don't wedding. trust the weather. Yeah. And I ended up staying yeah, there not Brandon. that night, but the night before, because I was so worried that I wouldn't make it for their right. wedding. So I had stayed and it ended up being- Because you were coming later at that point. Like that, you weren't yes. private planning. You were with the venue. So you I didn't come as early as I, I was going to get there. No problem. But watch your radar and don't trust the weather ever. No, the weather is not trustworthy. <laughs> don't look 10 days in advance. I know you're going to, but don't let that break it's your heart. Change. It can change in 12 hours. It's going to change. Yes. Don't trust it. I never do. Even the radar sometimes can be wrong. I'm looking, I'm like, there is no rain cloud over top of us and there is rain falling from the sky. Literally. Yes. Oh, we play it. Hannah and I go to the wire too. Oh boy. Yeah, I really do, do more it. than Hannah. But we push like, it on like the minutes that he we have until me. it rains. Yes. You help me like. And my husband, shout yes. out to my husband who texts husband. us yes. on my watch updates and he gets it like, you have 13 <laughs> minutes until it's going to pour. Oh, that was like one of my favorite. That'll probably be my favorite, like my favorite story ever. And Trying I just to kept, rush the rabbi. And I, <laughs> I'm like, you have to talk the fastest you've ever talked in your life. Like, and I don't know anything about Jewish weddings, but I know that there's certain things that they have to do. For sure. Yes. But I just remember continually holding my arm out so you could read the text messages coming in from my husband as he gave us five minute increment updates and like yes. we were gonna get poured on. This was the day. And I the was rabbi just kept out. talking. Yeah. Yes. She and we're like, talking. if you don't stop talking, two hundred people are going to be soaked. Yeah, I had like a plan, like guests rush to the porch area because that's the only thing we could do. Oh, fun fact about that. And um I don't know anything about the Jewish faith. I should, I, I know the mazel tov and the breaking of the faith. Like I know what, like the basic things, but did you know that the porch area that they like get married under that they have set up? I'm sorry. I don't like know the word, area or, or whatever. They, it's got a special it. name. Yeah, a name. Um, yeah. But did you know that no one is allowed to walk under that? And when my second shooter walked under it to take pictures, they quickly told her oh, not to do that. that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Oh. And we like felt really bad about it. We were just trying to get the pictures of the stuff that was, was under there. Right. But, like the ketubah, so, which is like a. We always learn. Yes, we do. We're always don't learning. Don't go under it. Don't. Well, there's our wedding win. That is a wedding win. I like that one. All right. Main topic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pricing. Oh, it's such icky, uncomfy feeling, but it it's is. still a good thing to discuss. And this is all our opinions, so please yes. keep in mind that we are not professional pricing people. I 
can't agree with you more on that subject because I can, I may not pay for something that somebody will pay for. Correct. Just like when, like we've said before, when we started this podcast, we were trying to do everything for free. Yes. And we quickly learned that you do get what you paid for in podcast software. (laughs) We had some major (laughs) issues in the beginning trying to be cheap. Yes. And we learned. Also, Um, a PSA, public service announcement. I'm apologizing for Pesha. I hope one day when we start doing video, I'll include her. She is the diva of the hour. That's, that's her dog. Yeah, Pesha was infiltrated one of our episodes. Well, we mentioned it because we acknowledged that she was barking in the but background. But I still want to just give a – I'm sorry. It bothered you more than it bothered me, and I'm not even a dog person, so She's I think just, we're okay. I think maybe it's because I'm just like – she had a bone. She had water. <laughs> she had food. She had everything that life needs. But Anyways, she on your lap. I can't wait for you to meet her. I can't wait for y'all to meet her. I don't know what that had to do with podcast software, but – I'm just saying, I feel like I was, I was listening back to one and I'm like, this dog is the bane of my existence, but I love If her. we lost listeners, it's all Pesha's fault. Uh, exactly. Pesha is to blame. <laughs> okay. Pricing. Uh, We're moving do on. you really, short answer, do you get what you pay for? Absolutely. 100%. And that's- 100%. That's, that's strong. I I feel that very strongly. I'm going to kick that down here in a minute. She will. She's gonna, <laughs> she's coming for me. But I'm really- I mean, there's- I guess there's exceptions to every 100%. Yes. So I just feel that way, especially about quality of-, of I like product. to say for the most part. Yeah. You are going to get what you pay for. Yeah. I say 100% just because a lot of the times it's even though- you may be getting like a deal or something out of a vendor or a situation. Those don't happen as often. So I don't like to get people's hopes up. Like right. when, it's usually almost 100% right. of the time you really pay what you get for. But I know Hannah will come at me with well, her You know, I like to see all sides of all the sides. <laughs> sides of <laughs> all the saying? sides. 360 sides. Uh, so I used to think, yes, you get what you pay for. And over the last decade of me doing this, I've seen some exceptions to the rule. One of the exceptions, well, two of them actually. Oh, I'm mixing up my mic here. Uh, I have a friend that lives out of state and her and I met in a photography class. So like I don't know her well, but we chat all the time and we both started our wedding photography business journey together. And you, most people start by second shooting and that's what she did. She contracted with a very well-known, considered high-end, most expensive photographer in the area to second shoot for her for an entire year. Like she was the second shooter for this, this lady. By the end of the year and the more that we got to talk, she's like, there are so many things that I would do different. And I also cannot believe that people pay her the prices that they do. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, that's her marketing strategy. I said, what do you mean? She said she, like compared to other photographers that cost the same as her, she not up to their level. She doesn't even have the equipment, but she prices herself that way to create the look because a lot of people automatically look at a price and say, if you cost a lot, you must be the best. That's true. And that was her marketing strategy. And she produces, let me be clear that she produces amazing work. Right. But what was happening behind the scenes and the amount of equipment and stuff that she has was not on par with her price, with with what you would expect at her price. Like, I'm talking like $10,000. Yeah, that's a lot. For just wedding photography. Right. And she had like three lenses in her entire bag. Oh, yeah. That's why. Like, if one broke, you were in trouble. Mm. See, I don't know stuff like that. And on the day of the wedding, I guess she, like, my friend's opinion, she wasn't real kind to people. 
but like that she would joke like people will pay me because it's her marketing strategy and then to turn around she did in-person sales so then she got more money for the products that she sold which was not something she offered up front because it was just her marketing strategy yeah she waited till the end so they and there's another photographer locally to us that i started around i think when she started back in like 2015-16 and i was in that group with her and like thousands of other photographers around the country it was like an introductory basic photography group and we were always asking like introductory questions and advice on things fast forward nine years she's still asking those questions she costs six to seven thousand dollars yeah you should not be asking any questions she also is in another photography group that she sends messages or like Facebook messages out saying, I need to borrow someone's macro lens this weekend for a wedding. She doesn't even own a macro lens. That's the lens that you take like close up pictures of rings and stuff like that. Like that's really all it's good for is like close up stuff. Like details. And you can use, like you can use it for other stuff, but a macro lens is for details and she doesn't even own one. But no one knows that. So that's my point that there's always exceptions because in my opinion, if you're charging someone six to $7,000. You would have all lenses. Yeah, but she doesn't. She just borrows them off friends. And if she doesn't, can't get one, then she just doesn't take those shots. And the couple doesn't know. No, they Because wouldn't. they don't know what they're missing. No, they have no idea. That's yeah. stuff that we know and find out. And, you know, it, that's a red flag. Yeah, a little bit. But that's very How would you know that? rare exception. Yeah. yeah. You would never. There know. are like, I don't, there's a, there's a celebrity that got married years ago. Um, he's an athlete. And he got married, and I will never forget it, that the cover photo on People magazine was blurry. And you're like, what's happening? I'm like, they, their shutter speed was not fast enough. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, he makes millions and millions. The and this is the photo that went on People magazine? Wild. Why? Why? Why did this happen? Again, rare exceptions. I probably shouldn't have started it out so negatively. But I wanted to point out that, yes, you normally get what you pay for, but not always. Sometimes that price point is an illusion. Yeah, for sure. I can I can see that side of it now. And that doesn't mean that lower price point people aren't great. See, it's different because talking to a photographer and talking to a coordinator, see, where I say right. – you get what you pay for. Like people are like, well, I'm just going to pay for this coordinator because they're $900. Yeah. And I'm that's be, a red flag to me. That's a red flag. Um, just, just so y'all know, that's a red flag. If you're getting a, if you're getting a coordinator for a thousand dollars, that's a red flag. Unless they're and, brand under, new. Unless they're brand new and you're just taking a risk. But within a year, if they're brand new and they're amazing within a year, they're going to be much more Oh, for expensive. sure. 100%. So I love that word, 100%. So, <laughs> but that's what I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's usually someone new. You're going to have to have growing pains with them. Right. You're going to get what you pay for right. in that moment. I was, so. I was pretty cheap when I was new, but you can't come out blazing. You can. You can come out blazing at high prices, I guess. I didn't feel that it was fair. I had, I don't, I didn't know then what I know now. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, me too. But I, I still, I'm proud of the photos I produced and my couples were still happy, but I was like a fraction of the cost. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, I think I did my first wedding for like $500. Same. I did my first wedding for $500 and I got a business license seven days before that because I panicked that the IRS was going to find me for $500 (laughs) because I worry so much. That's the the only reason that I became a wedding photographer was because I felt what you should. And I found out later in our state, you can accept up to $600 and not have a business license. Yes, You just have to claim it. 
Use once you go over $600, which I didn't know that at the time. So I didn't have to get a business license for that one wedding that I did for $500 way back then. Uh, after you get over that that threshold, you have to get a license. But I panicked and was like, I need a license. So I got a business license. And then I was like, well, I have this business license for a year. I'll try to use it. <laughs> sure enough, I, here we are today. Yeah. Here we are today. Yeah, I booked three weddings that next year, 14 the next 20. It was crazy. It, it was, just like you took off. But yeah, my prices increased like every six months at that point because I was booking more in my the experience I had was more in my equipment and my bag was increasing. I, in the beginning, you just kind of have to charge lower prices to get people to trust you. Absolutely. Yeah. And to Maybe get them not. to know your brand and right. what you can do for their wedding. And, and you grow too. Your brand changes. Yeah, like really I did does. photography for all the things. And I quickly realized that the only thing that made my heart happy that I felt like I could consistently produce amazing work were weddings. Yes. The other sessions I was like, well, this is okay. And this is perfect. And this one's not so good. And all the things. Um, I got a spam caller from Montgomery, Alabama calling me. Um, they want to book you for their wedding. No. <laughs> I go to Alabama. I like Alabama. But no, I, I just realized that's not where my heart was. And so I quit doing those sessions and to supplement the income, the prices go up, but also like the things that I do for my clients reflect the prices as well. You know, people are like, why are you so expensive? It's just to take pictures. Why well, do more than just that? Oh yeah. You're editing. Like I just saw a wedding vendor friend on social media just post yesterday as like a fair warning to all friends and family who he knows are probably going to be getting engaged, booking vendors around this yeah. time that literally says, we do not just take pictures. Correct. You don't take our price for just the session that you booked. Right. You take it for the time, time spent, mm -hmm. equipment, equipment, editing, like right. all the things. Like you have to mm -hmm. then divide that. Right. You know, because they just think the session right. is one and they divide that by the cost. And it's like, no. Right. It's hours and hours of editing and equipment and all of that. Right. And it's like, I try to explain to people too, because they're like, oh, well, once you buy your equipment, you have it. Well, that's true, but things get broken. Things malfunction. Also, a good professional photographer should be sending out their equipment every year during downtime for a maintenance check. It's like your car. You take your car in if it's making a noise or you think something's up or you generally take it in to get the oil changed, to get it inspected if your state requires that. We do that with our equipment. And you wouldn't yes. believe how many times things come back that like, oh, this dial's about ready to quit working or all oh, this lens focus or the focusing mechanism is worn out and needs replaced like a transmission. It's wild. I wouldn't think of that. My one lens that quit focusing last year, I sent it out was $800 to Whoa. fix just for one lens. And then I turned around and cracked a lens like three months later, which was my fault. It was like a $250. So now I've just spent over $1,000 just on two lenses. And that's not cameras. That's lenses. It continues to cost us. That's wild. So it's reflected in price too, but Ooh. that's not why we're here. <laughs> but I mean, that is letting people know pricing though and why pricing happens. So right. I can let you know you're going to pay for a coordinator that you get out of a city for more than when you get in a rural area. Right. So I had somebody come to me that was looking at me and one other person and she said, well, you're like you know, $800 less. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's the market that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh. Well, why does she think that she can charge this much? Well, because her other her right. competition in that area is charging right. that much. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that sticker shock. Wait, you want $2,800 for a day of coordinator for the city? And they only come at you one month prior? Yeah, that's what you're going to get in the city. Right. And that seems cheap to me. Yes. It honestly is in the lower end of the city. 
usually it's like 3500 to 4000 for day of coordinator. Yeah, I was going to say at least 4000 but I also don't know anything about planner pricing. Yeah, so that's, I, I mean, that's it, just what I would guess. Pittsburgh, since it's, I feel, feel like, even though it's a city, it's, it's like a smaller city feel. That's about, it's like 2,833,000 for day of coordinator. And then it goes up and up. They do like design and details like I do. They do like full on wedding planning like I do, where it goes up and up from right. there. Um, but that is when I think that people get sticker shocked from coordinators, I'm kind of like, well, wait, we actually do a lot more also than we even contract most of the times like just a few weeks back I stayed three hours over that's a lot and it's a lot and I I me I want to send an invoice and be like hey this is my hourly rate but I won't because at the end of the day like the wedding went great I decided to do that I could have left I didn't but not all vendors are going to do that so try to realize that especially with a planner and a coordinator if you're getting sticker shock, understand that like they probably are implementing time or they're inputting time in there that they know they're going to stay mm-hmm. over. They know they're going to have right. a couple extra meetings with you. They know that they're going to be called your wedding planner, even though they weren't your wedding planner. Right. They were your wedding coordinator that came in that kind of executed your day right. that you planned. So I think that's the difference between like DJ, photographer, video coordinator, florist. Hair makeup. Yeah, hair and makeup. Your planner is, and even though other vendors are going to, like, I know you show up early. Sometimes mm-hmm. you stay uh, like mm-hmm. a little bit late if you have yep. to, if the situation happens. We all yep. do it. So it's just about remember that we're probably going to go, some vendors, most vendors are going to go above and right. beyond usually. And that's the same with photographers. You know, people come at me often. And now that I'm at the higher end of price point for our area, I'm like middle for city. But people come at me and they're like, well, this photographer charges like two grand less than you. What's the difference? I'm like, well, I can't speak for them because I don't know what other photographers do. But I do know, you know, maybe that photographer does no no timeline planning with you. I do my timelines for my couples. You do. I know. Even if they have you as a planner, you know, I do my own photography timeline to make sure that when the timelines come together – that they're sense. consistent yeah. and that they work. Uh, a lot of photographers don't do timelines. A lot of photographers do not accept shot lists. They're like, you'll tell me on the wedding day what yeah. you need photographed. You will tell me the family members. That need. And there's a couple of local photographers that will refuse shot lists. They don't want that planning process. Um, there's some that just show up and stand and wait to be told like, okay, we're ready to move on. It doesn't matter if your timeline's ahead or behind. Like they just wait for that prompt. Um you know, they drive to the church and they just sit and wait till you show up where like, I'm like, well, if I could put someone in my car <laughs> and take them to the church with me, we can get photos done when we get there. Um, you know, if a wedding invitation gets lost or forgotten and I don't get to photograph it, I've gone to you and been like, do you have an extra invitation? Well, I've said, yeah. can you, I've gone to guests and I'll see like, there's a close aunt or I'll be like, do you happen to have an invitation in your purse? And how can I borrow it? And then, you know, I say at the reception, I'm going to come get your wedding rings and your bouquet and I'll, you know, go and get a picture. Cause I just feel like every couple should have a picture of their invitation. I will go through the guests. See, that's what your price reflects. Right. So that's so. my brand. I'm a helper. That's not right. a requirement of photographers, but that's why my prices may be significantly more, but I, I might not be, the people might not need all that or want all that. And that's fine. Right. Then they don't have to book me and I don't get upset about that. 
And that's kind of nice to see that when you get that first estimate or you get that price to know what all it includes Mm -hmm. and that can help you make your best decision. That's why it's good to do your research. And if you're looking at multiple vendors, okay, well, Hannah includes all this, this other person doesn't, Ashley includes all this, this other person doesn't, or this person includes all like... I know that my coordinator friends, we include, I include rehearsal in my packages no matter what. There's literally no reason for me to be adding a fee to do your rehearsal. Why am I your day of coordinator if I'm not going to be at your rehearsal? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I don't know what is going to be happening. Like there could be a complete disaster during rehearsal that I know nothing about. And then I'm able to inform my vendors on that next day. Hey, just so you know, this person got sick. They're no longer in the ceremony. Da, 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 da. Like help other vendors as well for that day. But I know I have colleagues that, tack on a fee to be at rehearsal, which is understandable there. Right. It's time. Or see, my opinion is you should just build that into your package. Exactly. Which I do. So it's like a all package deal. So it's more about like finding out what your vendors include in that price. And then officiants always come. Like if you have a hired officiant. No, not always. They charge extra for that, which is very interesting to me. They should build a package where it's like, your efficient package, like rehearsal day of includes your travel fee for traveling includes right. your hourly fee. But yeah, it's very strange how people, I see different a lot of people it. operate differently. Yes. I see a lot of it because I help plan. Right. So it is very interesting how vendors do it. Some will just have like a base rate and right. then they add on thinking that that's like going to get them booked. Right. But then guests, guests, I say guests, clients get frustrated because they're like, wait a minute. I thought you were going to be there for rehearsal. That's another $300 that I have to show right. out now because I but want that to should be in the contract, stuff. right? And completely honest. Yeah, it's in the contract, but it's usually like in a fine print or fine yeah, they don't or read small it. print. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, we'll talk about that too, probably in episodes, contracts, like always read every yeah. word of your contract. We could even go through mine too. And I, we could like pick it yeah, apart. Yeah, we can and pick like, our contract Because I wouldn't know what stuff in yours meant and you wouldn't know what stuff in mine meant. No, you're like, what is this? And the efficient thing, something happened to me last summer in 2023 that was funny, but I was like, wow, this is a good example of, uh, we had a very popular efficient who I've done a lot of weddings with who goes to the rehearsal. Oh. And he texted me in the middle of the rehearsal and and sent me a picture of the aisle at a popular venue and was like, "Do you want them to walk on the stone behind the guests, or do you want them to go through the grass?" I'm like, "100 percent through the grass." Yes. And he's like, "Okay, that's what I thought, but they're wanting to go on the stone." I said, "Well, tell them this." And I said, "If they go through the stone, the dresses are going to stick more than they would on the grass." And it's going to be hard for us to get the angle because when the guests stand for the bride to come down the aisle, they are now standing between me and the bride. My second shooter can get it, but I can't get it till she makes the turn to come down the aisle. But if they want to do that, that's totally fine. If not, if they come through the grass, I can see them better. And they ended up coming through the grass. But that was only because I knew the officiant. That would have never happened and they would have gone down the stone and it would have been fine. But I was like, that was really nice of him to text me. That was very nice. And think of it. And just because he's done so many weddings with me, he knows – where I stand and what my operating procedure is. And right. it's nice when you continually work with the same vendors. Yes. Just makes Unless they're duds, then. <laughs> then you don't want to work with them again. No. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no. There's some, are there some vendors that you work with that you can just predict oh, yeah. what's going to happen? Absolutely. Like, I'll know how the wedding's going to go. There's one and planner. I for myself. There's one planner. I know I've mentioned her before, but I, if, when I see her name down, I don't tell the couple, but I automatically know everything's going to run late. Yes. Everything. Yes. I don't say anything. My team and I say it in the car. I'm like, just prepare. 
that when things run late, like don't make it obvious. Cause usually they'll come to me and be like, Hey, did you know we were supposed to do this at two o'clock? They just know with that planner that that's just how it's going to be. And when, when, and if sometimes the couples don't notice, so we don't say anything, but when, and if the couples say like, do you know we're running late? I'm like, well, do you want me to like try to get things moving or do we just want to like let the planner roll with it? And then I let them make that decision how they want to. Yes, how they want But if they say, yeah, I'd like to get things moving, then I'm back to being irritated because I'm like, you're paying her how much money? And now I'm telling her, (laughs) we got to move. And I won't step on her toes ever. That is her job. For sure. I will let her. But if the couple's like begging me, then I will politely and tactfully say, okay, I'm going to get things like moving if you don't mind. Yes. Yes. And it's usually fine. Yeah. See, I'm like all about the timeline. I try to keep it. It's always going to be give or take 10 or 15 minutes. Always. But for the most part, I stay pretty on task. Like yeah. even I had like this, I keep referring to this wedding, but it was just a, a busy day for me. She was like, oh, oh, we're 20 minutes behind. I was like, remember we talked about this. It's, it's a bubble. About- I call it a bubble. You're going to have a bubble of time. And we sure enough, we're still a half an hour early for ceremony. Yeah. Like we weren't You'll catch photos. it up. Oh, we always catch up, especially if you have someone that's really dedicated to running your day, helping your vendors. Coordinators are there to not just help the couple and the family, but help the vendors to get to where they need to be so that we can stay on time. Correct. Like, hey, Hannah, family, (laughs) she's hidden away in a room. Family's with her. You can go ahead and head to the ceremony, get your shots that you need. We're ready to roll. Except that one wedding when I left and they were big mad. I'll never. I'm scarred for life. Hannah's never leaving again. She'll never leave at the side of you ever again. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. Moving on. It is important yes. to note that some businesses do quantity at lower prices. So like yes. some wedding photographers would rather do 40 to 50 weddings a year at a lower price, but especially husband wife groups. Yes. They because do. they're together. Like they're not missing anything. It's people who have grown children. They'd rather charge lower prices to guarantee booking. And it's not that they're bad. They're great at what they do. They just don't mind doing multiple more, like more like Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday weddings right. at a lower price point. Because then in the end, they still make the same amount of money a year that a higher priced photographer who only does 10 to 20 weddings a year. Yes. Yes. And I see there is a huge line in between that. Like I know photographers that take a million weddings and then I know photographers that are at that sweet spot of 10 to 20. Right. I'm in the middle. my good number anymore, I think. You like 15? 15 is good. Well, because I don't book winter what I did last year because I couldn't turn those couples down. But I don't usually book December, January, February, or March because my kids do winter sports. Yes. So I'm pretty strong on that too. I And we did the same thing. Daylight savings time is killing me. Yeah, it always is. has been. I, my January wedding a couple years ago, I was like, "Why is it getting dark?" My assistant's like, "Cause the sun is setting." I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> it's like we're like, "Why did we do this? Why did we do this?" Yeah, it's true. I try to stay away from December, January, February, March. But then the snowy cold. Oh my! One of my December weddings last year, it was ended up being like 60 degrees. There was not a leaf on a tree, but it was so pretty. Oh, I'm sure. I got married in December. Like, yes. You never know what's going you to happen. Know. You, th- especially in our area, we have yeah. a transitional. We better get a lot of snow this winter because we have we lacked had snow. Any. Yeah, we haven't had any snow. We had good snow in 2021 because we were doing those COVID elopements together, and it felt like every w- wedding we did, it was beautiful it and was snowy, beautifully snowing, cold but beautiful, but beautiful. And snowy. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. You're going to have the two differences. Someone that's a lower price doesn't mean necessarily the newer. 
or that they don't do great work. It just might mean that they take more weddings for a lower price. Do you think that personality and price point go hand in hand? Like I find that, no offense, city vendors are kind of sassy. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's a culture thing. It really is. Yes. I feel like the higher price, the sassier, the sass. It just (laughs) is. Like I've worked with some pretty high-end photographers in in Pittsburgh and I get along with them very well, but they just have that very sharp. Right. They've got like four assistants with them. (laughs) Like they are just, they are on a mission and they have nothing. They'd want nothing to do with me, which is fine. It works. It vibes. I'm glad you said that because I feel like when big city photographers come into our rural area, they don't know what to do with us. Like that DJ that called me out for the way I was talking to the groomsmen. Yes, yes. He thought I was being rude when I was like, hey, what are you doing over there at dinner? And he was like, do you always talk to the groomsmen like that? And I'm like, well, we're more of a family down here. Yeah, we know each other. He's like, do you know them? I'm like, no, I just met them today. (laughs) But like, we're friends now. Like, we're on that level. They've been joking with me all day. But to him, that was rude. Like, I was being too close to them. I was being too friendly. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're very stoic, very like they just they come in with blinders on wanting to do their job. job. And it's a great service yes. and a great job, but they're not making friends with anyone. No, for the most part. And that's fine. Yeah, it's that's just, just more that hard edge city. Yes, hard edge city. Yeah. yeah, you definitely do get that with the smaller towns, like the smaller town right. feel. Yes. I'm like, everybody knows everybody. Yes. Come on in. That's what it is. Everyone, I mean, not always, but everyone no. knows everyone. We just are friendlier. I don't you have know. a friend of a friend of a friend. But then you also have the city vendors that charge a lot because they're different because they are super bubbly and friendly and I don't know we're all over the place we really are we're giving you the examples we're giving you every kind of example me working in the city for so long like Orlando you definitely it was like a flooded market so you got anything and everything and all the things a lot of scams down there because like it's people trying to like just get their business out there that are in Miami like you don't need to be coming to Orlando you have enough weddings in Miami right like, it's just, oh, people get really upset and, like, sassy about that. Still. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, stay out of my market. That's a yeah. big thing in Florida. Like, you yeah. have a whole market in Miami. Beach. You have beach. You have yeah. hotels. Like, you have it all. Like, stay out of Orlando. I don't so. feel like we get that too much here. We don't. No. But it's, that's a thing with foreign um, destination weddings. Because technically you need a work visa, which is why I won't work outside the country because I'm a worrier and I feel like I need that work visa. And a lot yes. of countries want you to hire rightfully so within their country. They don't want you coming and stealing business from their country. So you have to pay a hefty price for a work visa or they just reject your work visa. Yeah, they just reject it. And like no one gets a work visa. It's, it's so many things like people wouldn't know that but it's even like but if, if you not- get busted through customs oh, yeah. with a bag of photography gear it's and business or pleasure pleasure you have twenty thousand dollars worth of gear with you <laughs> i have 15 cameras that's the other thing you have to travel light they tell you, but like i'm like i can't provide my service traveling, traveling light. light no you know in the back of my car it. no i keep like excuse me i have to travel late <laughs> i got three light stands three on camera flashes three camera bodies and a whole bag of lenses <laughs> and a whole bag of lenses okay i would um, be stuck in customs yeah you would be <laughs> i would be you, walking past you like hannah what's wrong I need to take something? <laughs> nothing to see here 
<laughs> got a wedding to plan but it's not even like international it's even like hawaii like i was doing all planning a wedding down there and they're like oh no you have to use our coordinator like there's certain venues that are yes. like no like this is a destination area especially florida a lot of florida hotels are that we way. didn't talk about that we should have so last episode we did part one and part two which we'll probably have to split this one up too we didn't touch on when you're looking for a venue their preferred vendor lists are vendors you have to hire. Yes, because – and they'll let you know that too. They'll say like you have to go with our coordinator. Right. You have to go with our officiant. Right. I noticed that with a lot of destination weddings. Like you have to go – they have packages specifically that include all of these things too. But like Hawaii, you have to get your marriage license through them, through the person that they right. use. Like it's all the things. There's a lot of – like you have to have a beach permit. And so if they're like, well, if you're bringing your own planner, they have to figure out how to get a beach permit. They do that on purpose. So so that it makes it difficult. Yeah, because your planner is going to have to pay like $1,000 for a beach permit for a 20-minute ceremony. Wow. So then at that point, a lot of planners and coordinators lose out on that business because they're like going to have to pay even more to have that personal planner. And there's a venue locally about 30 minutes from here who – I've never been to because they they lock in their vendors and if you decide to hire an outside photographer that's fine but you still have to pay their in-house photographer so hardly anyone does it oh yeah no nobody would want that's to. just such a red flag for a venue for me oh yeah for sure like, and it happens a lot for destination like require sure. insurance that's fine I don't care about that um I know it's a liability thing but how do you guarantee the people on their preferred vendor list are going to be good I know it's so difficult. It's like a leap of faith for sure. Some love it because they're like, oh, I just get have this right. all inclusive. And right. that doesn't, it makes it less difficult right. for me because some couples are just like, I don't want right. to deal with the hustle and bustle of finding my own. But you're kind of at the mercy of whatever right. they produce. And on the flip side of that, there's another venue a couple hours from here that I'm pretty sure I got kicked off the preferred vendor list, <laughs> but not for what you'd think. It was because I wouldn't offer discounts. I remember that. And they only want vendors on their preferred vendor list who will offer discounts so that the rest of the money can go toward the food and venue, which that's their marketing plan. But it's interesting to watch year after year how they have the same solid venues vendors on their preferred vendor list. And then it kind of fizzles off and then boom, you see this whole new group coming in. And I talked to someone and they were like, yeah, because they wanted me to continually offer discounts and it was fine for the first year. But then whenever I said no, they found a new person who was willing to do it. Because they want the money to go toward their business, which is fine. But that means that the preferred vendors on their list aren't necessarily the the good ones or the best ones. Some of them are, but they're the ones that were willing to give a discount. Well, they were more quantity. And I'm not going to say quality because the quality is great too, but they were more quantity and they wanted their vendors to be more quantity and lower and offer lower prices. And a lot of businesses can't maintain that pace for years family or like a new like time job yeah a new vendor that's a great way to get in because then word of mouth like those people who had you are going to refer you out to other friends and family yes at a regular price not a discounted price yes so i don't know (laughs) i don't i don't know like i feel like we're not giving good advice anywhere no i feel like it's good advice for sure as far as pricing goes like understand their pricing. That's what we're saying. That's true. That's a good way to put it. If they're, if they're I don't want to say cheap because I hate that word. If they're lower lower budget, that doesn't mean they're not good. No. Uh, see what their packages offer. Look at, once again, their reviews, right. your gut feeling, Sport their amount, previous work. Your vibe. 
their vibe, all of that, and you that's why they go hand in hand. Those two episodes, right. these two episodes go hand in hand. If they're super I'm gonna cough here. If they're super high priced, but you're getting a bad vibe, don't book them just because oh, they must be the best because they're high priced. Oh, please don't do that. Do your research for mm-hmm. sure. Especially if you're getting a bad vibe and they're super high, but you were like told that they're just so amazing. Right. Follow up on what they do, follow right. their work. Especially like if you're having time to plan your wedding, follow their socials, see what they're doing. A great thing to do is go on some of the socials and just like, especially Facebook lets you do this, but type their name or business into your search bar and anything publicly that they've ever been tagged in will pop up. (laughs) Boom. You know it. I do that. I do that with people. I do that with couples sometimes. Really? Yeah. Because I have people that reach out for information and I can tell that they're either already married or... Because other photographers have sent their friends to ask for information. And I'm like, just ask me. I will send you my investment guide. There I'll is room for everyone. Yes. You want to sit down and talk pricing and have coffee and exchange investment guides? Let's do it. You don't need to send your friend acting no. like they're going to get married. Like you can just tell the vibe of an email that they're not legit like looking to book. I had talking about pricing and not being a good fit. I had a gentleman just a couple days ago email me, ask me for my pricing. And when I sent it to him, he immediately replied back, unless you're willing to give us a discount, we're going to be forced to go with another photographer and not book you. I said, and he, and he did follow it up uh, saying that, that they were going to have a smaller wedding and that they didn't need, like they weren't having a reception and they didn't need like anything like that. Okay. And I politely and professionally emailed back and said that, um, I completely understand. I don't offer discounts and don't negotiate my packages. You would likely be a better fit for like a small wedding elopement type of photographer. Have an amazing wedding. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, yeah, there's literally no issue with saying yeah. that. Like it's just, we're not yeah. a fit. But it was the tone. I yeah, was like, sure. like we're gonna be yeah, forced. we're like, going to be forced. Well, I'm course. not forcing you to do anything. No, you just have a budget. You have to stick to it. I, right. I respect that. And I understand that. That was a red flag to me. I was like, yes. if I give into this, that might create an open door for future forced negotiations. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't like that. Have you ever heard of, and oh my God, I listened on a podcast years and years ago, and I need I need to find the source because I'd love to reread the article, but basically they said a business can be successful having two of these three. Good business structure, good service, or good personality, meaning you don't have to have all three. So you can be really good at business, have an amazing, likable personality, but your service is just subpar. You're still going to be successful in book things because you have a good business strategy and you're a very likable person, but your service may not be the best of the best, but you're still going to book people. I think that that can be true. Or you're going to have a great personality and an amazing service or product, but your business structure is a disaster. You're still going to book people. Oh, for sure. And then to flip that, you can have a great business structure, a great service or project, and have an awful personality. You're still going to book stuff. So you only have to have two of three. I can see this happening. And it was a and it really interesting article. Yeah, that's You do very not have to have all three. You just have to have two. And when I thought of it at all three angles, I'm like, yes. It's true. I know every vendor that you literally just said, and they are right. still booking and they Correct. are still successful. If you only have one of three, you will not be successful. I mean, yes, you have I to agree. Have two you have to have two. According to this like 
researcher and the guy I gotta find him because it was the mo- it was it it was eye opening because I because you know I will be here to admit I am not the perfect technical photographer I do not have the perfect composition in every single photo I do not have the perfect lighting and exposure in in every single photo. But a lot of my couples, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have good photos, but like if you gave them to the most terrible, here's my business, it just imploded. Um, a lot of people, when they book me, book me for the experience in the 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 business side of it that I do. Yes. And then they're like, and your photos are beautiful, but they want that wedding day experience. Yes. Where sure there's do. other photographers who technically they are absolutely perfect and they've emailed everyone back, but on the wedding day, they're not the friendliest. Oh yes, or the easiest to work I with. I deal with that a lot more. But they have banging pictures, so yes. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not the easiest to work with, but yes, they're probably my least favorite to work with with the not great personalities. But that's just that's my just us. Yeah, a couple might not really care about Correct. that. They're like, hey, I just hired you to do. At this. the end of the day, I want amazing, trendy, fashionable. Yeah, I don't care how you talk to those photos. Yeah, I don't care what happens except for that. Yes, yes, and that's what you yes, have to look yes. for when you're looking at price and. What do you want out of it? Do you want an experience over, I mean, everyone wants a good finished product, I feel like. This is like where that, my famous line, what 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 expectations do you have for the day? That should have been our tagline. Yes. For the whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's true because it really does determine everything. I will say though that that for the most part, when it comes to photography and videography, you are going to have an end product to that. And it's my opinion that if you have an awful experience leading up to the wedding or on the wedding day. I don't think you're ever going to love those photos and or video because you're going to remember the experience and the memories that went behind capturing those. Yes. I don't know. Just like car buying experience or hair and makeup or a restaurant. It doesn't matter if the food at the restaurant was 10 of 10 best flavor, best presentation. If the staff were super rude and your wait time was two hours, are you going to enjoy that plate of food as much as you should? No, because you're you're remembering what it took to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Same with like dress alterations or hair and makeup. Like if the finished product is great, but you had to grind your teeth the whole time and the experience getting there was awful, are you going to love the finished product as much? That's what I mean. Like I feel like personality in the wedding industry or any industry really – an experience industry service industry there you go well i was also thinking about when you were saying this because we talked about this in the previous episode and it goes along with pricing that like you have these videographer companies or photography companies or dj entertainment companies Mm -hmm. that have multiple Mm -hmm. um there was one that was absolutely amazing that did my sister's wedding and they were very expensive but they did not let her know they put all the video like all the videographers of the same caliber but they didn't. There were tears. Mm. So they're like, oh, you have a newer incoming videographer. My sister's like, I paid $10,000. I want what I saw on your website. Right. That's a fact. Right. So they're like, okay, because we didn't really right. explain that well enough, we're willing to give you our top, one of our top photog- uh, videographers for like $2,000 more because his package was $20,000. Now this is city. This is Charlotte, North Carolina. So like it's very like I cannot even imagine. You only have to do five weddings. Which I guess we're throwing prices out, and people who are listening to this in LA are probably like, "What is pennies? Oh, what a dollar?" Married in West Virginia, like 
Yes, it yes. It depends on where you're at. It really does. But it was nice that they did that. But that's just a prime example of like really ask yeah. what the pricing includes and who it includes if you're right. going with a company that has multiple people. Like it is yeah. dire important to be like, okay, what kind of photographer, right. what kind of videographer am I getting? And I think sometimes people don't – businesses don't put that up front. They don't tell people up front that that's going to happen. And also if you book – two years in advance and this business takes off and they decide, hey, maybe it's DJ, maybe it's video. I don't know. I'm going to start double booking dates and I'm going to bring on someone to be my employee. And then they don't like your couple doesn't know. Or what if they don't pan out? Right. We've seen a couple businesses locally that decided to do that. And then word of mouth got out. You're not guaranteed to get them. Like, yeah, they were great for 10, 15 years. And now, like, you're going to get Joe Schmo and he's not so good. Yes. And then word got out. So now no one is booking that business, even for the top guy, because they're afraid of what they've heard. Yes, because of previous mm-hmm. experience. I think that happens a lot with a lot of franchises, too. Like, people break off and start creating, like, satellite stores. And then the quality of the satellite store might not be as good. And then word gets out, so no one goes to the original. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Scary. See, stuff like that, since I'm starting to venture into hiring coordinators, I'm really intense. Yeah. Like, I make them come do, like, six weddings yep. with me before I even, like, yep. finish the interview process. But you know the people. Like, you're not turning them loose until you're sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm usually, like, with them or I have a veteran, like, assistant that I right. had. Like, it is – intense for me but it's 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 a leap of faith for a business owner to really entrust what you've built and it can be successful yeah and so far it's been knock on all the wood yeah successful last table you're sitting at (laughs) knock 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 it's all metal (laughs) oh man in this whole thing we're like trust the price high pricer is better you get what you pay for but not all the time (laughs) so good luck i just say like (laughs) really know what you're getting for your price to make it make sense for you. And it really is about your budget. It really is. I tell everyone. Contract and vibe. Yes. Yes. And really set your budget. I know I love my favorite couples are, I don't have a budget. You do. Even the most like well-off individuals still have a budget. So have a budget. Really sit down and think, ooh, what is this going to do to me if I spend $20,000 on a videographer? Right. What does that look like? I can't imagine. I don't want to spend that. Okay. Well, there I'm sure there's photographers and videographers I can get out there that aren't that expensive. So it's really about like what that budget is. Do the budget first. Budget. And think of things like if you're if you're paying twenty thousand dollars for a photographer or videographer, let's say DC. Do you know if you want to photograph near like the Lincoln Memorial or anything like that, you have to have a permit, which is yes. an additional cost. Yes, yes. Anywhere that's like a tourist attraction. Big cities, you're gonna have to have permits for stuff. Yes. To be in certain places. There's one building in Pittsburgh um that you can't even like if you if you are seen trying to take a picture, like the building's like copyrighted or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, trademark. What I don't know what you do with buildings, but right. if you even try to take a picture or like you can't take a picture outside the big stadiums because they are owned by a company who has a trademark so you can't take a picture with their logo in it and then post it on your website and sell that like you're selling your pictures to the couple basically like whenever someone hires me for photography they're paying me like I'm selling them their photos I'm selling them photography I can't sell them a picture with the big stadium with their trademark logo in it yes people don't think of that stuff they do not you don't want the police confiscating your camera or your cards on the spot on a wedding day no Oh, disaster. Where did, how did we end up here? (laughs) 
We always do. We do. We always do. Uh, I have a few Q&A. Oh, nice. So I have two. So the first one is, I have a vendor I want to book, but no one will call me back. I have a vendor I want to book, but nobody will call me back. I mean, yeah, that's frustrating and a red flag like we talked about. Mm -hmm. Depends on how long you've been reaching out. I always tell everyone, end of year, holiday. Or delayed. Delayed. And then wedding season, delayed. Wedding season, even though it's literally from May until November, basically mid-November, even end of November now, um, it really is wild, I'd say from beginning of September all the way through mid-November. So if you're inquiring- um, In our area. Yeah, in our area. And a lot of other areas too, um, other than like we talked about, like Orlando gets like really rainy and super hot around that time. So it's not necessarily as, but it's still busy around that time there. Just put into thought what time of year you're inquiring. I'm not giving excuses for them, but I'm maybe saying like, okay, what's happening? If you aren't hearing something for like a month, a month, there's a problem. And if it's bothering you, it's probably always going to bother you. It is. So it's probably best. Is it worth it? Yeah. Is this one of those situations where they have great service and great personality? They just kind of suck in the business end of it? Maybe. Yes. yes. And ask another vendor. Ask maybe a vendor that you've already booked. Have you right. worked with this person? Right. Um, Do you know how to get a hold? See, I have people that are like, can you get a hold of this person? And I always kind of draw the line and I'm like, no, because yes. I don't want to step that's like crossing that boundary. Yes. I hate to keep bringing up this vendor, but it's just the truth. <laughs> Maybe we should have him on. We need to. He and then they it. can understand how much we love Actually, him and love how it. great yeah. he is. And yes. he will own it. He will. Because I saw it. him and I was like, listen, I'm sending all messages to this person because you don't answer me. And now all of a sudden I feel bad because he always answers me yeah, right away assistant, now. Yeah. He, he feels bad. Yes, he does. And he's he literally is the best. He's just not the best at communication because right. he's so busy. We talk about busy. Right. He's running like He doesn't have time for our nonsense. Course. He does not have time for it. So, but I did tell him, that's his one thing. I said, you need an assistant. You need a virtual assistant that can do this yes. thing for him. So- He's amazing. So I would say don't miss out on that opportunity. Contact one of your vendors because mm-hmm. I will be the one. I'd be like, hey, answer this person. Well, you're a planner. So you have every right to be reaching out to vendors being like, hey. I'm like ASAP. So like it's one of those things that like I honestly tell you to reach out to a vendor that might know them. That can like vouch for you. Be like, hey, I've been trying to get a hold of you. They might not have gotten your messages. Right. They may have went to spam. Something like that. So right. either find a vendor that you trust or know that who recommended right. this person or – well, so like, sorry, go ahead. No, move on to another vendor if you feel like it's not, if it's bothering you. Well, I was thinking also when you hire vendors who work together, like if someone came to you and said, Hannah Barlow is my photography, it's been a week and a half and she hasn't gotten back to me. Okay. So then I would say. Something is so, wrong. Yes. <laughs> is she alive? Yeah. Well, if it was Christmas, I'd be like, she's on Christmas with her family. Right. But if it wasn't, or, you know, it right. wasn't a busy time of year, I'd be like, hey, I'll, I'll check in and right. see how she's doing. Right. Yeah, because I wouldn't say keep bothering you. Right. You know, like I and if I go out of town or I go on vacation or holiday, yeah. I let everyone know. I post all over my socials. I also give them like lead time. Like, hey, I'm leaving here soon. So if you have print orders and stuff that you're gonna want, you need to get them in. Yes. Um I like I have a vacation responder on my email. Like there's no question. I put it on oh shoot. I bet She's my forgotten. Christmas thing away thing is still on my website. <laughs> People are like Hannah's still out on Christmas vacay. 
<laughs> no, and it says right when I would get back so people would know, but shoot. I probably should take that down. Yeah, we'll take that. Maybe after this podcast. All right, maybe after this podcast, I will update it. All right. Did we say enough about that? Okay, I have uh, I have a vendor I booked who now keeps tacking on extra costs. What do I do? What an uh, uncomfortable situation. Ugh. I guess it would depend on what vendor it is. Well, so. I immediately say revert back to your contract. Before yes. you say anything or get angry, you Correct. need to revert back to that contract. And read all those words. Because maybe you missed it where it said very clearly that this was going to happen. And yes. you did not. Contractors are a good example of that. My dad's a contractor. Um not anymore, but he used to be. And I have a very good friend who's a contractor and they have built in there that like, it's not intentional, but like when you rip into a wall, you might find live wires. Yes. That you didn't expect. You might find mold. Yeah. And you have to, I don't know. I'm not a contractor, but there's stuff that they run into that they didn't expect that will be an extra cost on you now. It's not their fault that they found what they found or did what they did. Um, I mean, if it was a mistake on their part, that's different, but that's, you know, there, there are situations where it's more like hair, you know, yes. you told them you were just going to have just like curls, very simple. And now you're like, I want an updo with extensions, yes, hand-tied extensions. I don't know. I'm not here. Hand-tied extensions and the little like puff and the the whatever, whatever. I'm sure that's an extra cost. I want airbrush makeup instead of Oh, foundation. yes. Yes. Like I'm, you're changing things. I want lashes instead of no lashes. Well, I, I look want- at this because as a coordinator, I offer like customized packages and I do have in my brochure where it's like add-on services. Right, same. So do I. So in in my contract, it literally says it has to be verbal, email, right. addendum to the contract same. to add in any services. Because right. um, sometimes I'll even do like some don't want teardown at the time and then they add it on later. Right. So it is an additional cost. There are things that you're going to be right. – I'm going to be adding on if you're adding services. So if your clients start seeing costs, they can clearly revert back to their pricing guide and or contract and see like, oh, she set up front. Yes, that it's right. going to be a cost for setup. And, it's going to be right. a cost for teardown. Like right. when I do – when you do the day of coordinating, I'm doing like miscellaneous mm-hmm. setup. But if I'm doing your full-on – Three cylinder vases, a wood cookie, a greenery in the middle, a menu, a charger. Right. Like I'm doing full decorating for you. That's going to change your price. Right. And I know photographers, it doesn't happen as much as it used to, but I actually had a friend last fall um, sign on for like a Christmas photo experience and she did not read the contract. And the original session fee that she paid, which was a lot of money, was just for them to take the pictures. And then you had to go back in for an in-person consultation and your minimum order was $1,000 before you could even get a photo. Oh my. And she didn't read that and understand that. And it was an in-person sales. You had to meet a minimum order before you could even like get a digital. She's like, what is happening to me? Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, I guess that goes back to the beginning. Solid contracts. Solid contracts. Solid like brochure. Always keep right. the brochures. Because if it's in the you. contract, there's nothing you can do. Yes. If it's not in the contract, you can com- politely negotiate. But it is my belief in the day and age that the meaner you get about it and the more demanding you get, the more that vendor is probably going to lock down. Yes. So I would just say you catch more flies. It's not the customer is always right anymore. No, it used it to be is. that way. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to remember that saying, but you do catch more flies with honey. Like, yes, than you do with vinegar. Yes. So it's really about like approaching it correctly. Like, hey, I'm not understanding. Was this somewhere? Right. Uh, like, I didn't expect these extra costs. Right. And then that vinegar, can go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot I included this for right. you. Because there are some circumstances right. where I don't run too many discounts. Um, like, at, even at wedding shows, like, I don't run 
a little but same. sometimes I'll throw in like, oh, I'll do an incentive. An, yeah, a cookie table set up for you. Right. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That is my fault. Let me do an addendum really right. quick. Like, I have no problem issue admitting when I'm wrong. Oh, same. I forgot to add a perfect. canvas onto my client's invoice and they politely like it was like add your extras, you will invoice be invoiced later. And they were like, the canvas that was included with the preferred vendor. I didn't even say anything. I'm like, you're right. I forgot to put that on your order form. And they remembered that it was something that I promised them because of a preferred vendor booking. Right. And I was like, yes, I was wrong. I didn't put that on there. That is no charge to you. Oh, there's so many times I've accidentally sent wrong contracts. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, just blah, blah, blah. Right. like it's like one of those things, like you just are working so fast. Right. So I've had to be like, slow Crown. down. Yeah. I sent someone an order everything. form the other day instead of a contract. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's going to be your order form in a year and a half. You're like, so and now you have it. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's, that's true about working fast. Sometimes we just get in the moment and you'll feel better. And, and don't be afraid to reach out to your vendors and be like, I think there's a mistake. Yeah, be like, hey, this is wrong. Like, sh- for sure. I love that my bride did that. She's like, Ashley, this is not mine. Right. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Right. She's like, oh, I don't care. I just want the correct one. I'm like, you're right. You, you're right. you deserve the correct one. I'm incorrect. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, you've been listening to another episode of What in the Wedding. Don't forget to su- subscribe. I'm the worst with that word. We should flip them again. Subscribe to our podcast so you'll get updates when we release new episodes. And leave us all those stars. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or you can just email us at whatinthewedding at gmail.com with your thoughts and questions. See you next time. Bye. Bye.